everybody. This is Michael Marks from the San Antonio Current. This week on CurrentCast, we speak with City Councilman Roberto Trevino. Councilman Trevino's district includes part of downtown and portions of the north central part of the city. He was appointed to council in December 2014, and then he won an election for the seat the following May. He's an architect, and a lot of our conversation is about how that informs the way he sees the world. Here's our conversation. When I was younger, thought I was oh so very bold, everyone told me. Thanks very much for taking the time here with Councilman Roberto Trevino. Thanks a lot for being here. We appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. So you are uh, an architect. That means you might see sort of decision-making and that sort of thing through a different lens than maybe some of your, your other colleagues on council. Yeah, I think, I think people have seen the, the benefits of having uh, diverse backgrounds on, on any board for that matter, really. And so um, I think it's important that um, I can bring my experiences, my, my insight to the way I see the world uh, to this council, uh, just as uh, certain members have uh, certain expertise uh, that they bring to the table. So we're trying to create a, a, a better quality of life. We're trying to create a very livable, livable community uh, walkable communities, connected communities, safe communities. All these things are important to all of us, and, and, and we all have to um, work together to, to fully understand why we're doing this to begin with. But do you think you come at those questions from a discernibly different angle from some of your other colleagues? What are some examples of that? Well, most certainly. Um, well, a good example is is I do like to, to, to try to understand the, the methodologies that we're employing. Many people, it's not hard to convince many people, I should say, that, that a, a city's kind of slow to innovation. A city's slow to respond the way the free market does. Cities in general or this city in particular? Cities in general, yeah. Okay. I'm not trying to indict San Antonio, but cities in general. It's, it's just the makeup of, of how, how things are done within cities. We, we certainly have layers and layers of bureaucracy and policies. Um, all in place for, for very good reason, but some of those policies might be in place, uh, they might be outdated. And so we need to address those policies because they might be uh, hindering the way we deliver our services. And a good example for, for one is sidewalks. Throughout our city, we have thousands of miles mm-hmm. of sidewalk. In fact, you could pave a sidewalk three feet wide from Los Angeles to New York and back with the sidewalks we have in San Antonio. That, that's how, that, you know, that gives you a kind of wow. perspective, right? And then we have a sidewalk gap, which means it's almost the same amount of sidewalks needed throughout the city. <clears throat> and so that's important to know, number one, right? So we have a lot of need for sidewalks. But most people think, well, sidewalks are not that complicated. And, and in general, they're not. But, but they're complicated enough that in a city as large as San Antonio... We need to ask some, some somewhat technical questions. Mm-hmm. The first one is, how many different kinds of sidewalks do we build? And the answer is we don't really build very different kinds of sidewalks. We build one kind, and it's the typical poured-in-place con- uh, concrete sidewalk. So we're actually piloting one potential option. One of these options is called precast concrete sidewalks. Uh, we found out that these pa- concrete panels are four, tra- four times stronger than the traditional concrete sidewalk that we're employing throughout our entire city. Why does that matter to anybody? 
<laughs> well, <laughs> that's a great question. It matters because we we want when we build something, I just want to make sure it lasts. The last thing we need is to build something that we're having to to rebuild over and over and over again and not getting anything extra out of it. It's the same sidewalk. I mean, it's like going to lunch and paying for your meal twice, you know, mm -hmm. right? I mean, this is, I think this is the kind of thing we've got to be very cognizant of. Now, there's areas, for example, um, just go to the north side where there's a lot of rock and very stable soils. The sidewalks are, 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 are in a condition where it's more stable, so they're going to last longer because of it. So all I'm simply saying is we need to be thoughtful about what we're building and how we're building it. Uh, simply employing the same thing that we've always done is is not going to help us in the long run. And so there's one example that, that I started off right away by, by simply asking a simple question about a very basic thing like sidewalks. Nobody thought to ask a simple question of, of what, what kind of sidewalks are we building and are they lasting? Um, but it's one thing to to identify that problem, which is uh, obviously a very important one. We need a, a ton of sidewalks in this city. But it's another to build that out and create sort of a sea change of, you know, of, of taking that technique to scale, taking it throughout the city. Uh, how, do we, how do we get to there? Well, that is a great question. I'm, I'm betting on <laughs> the fact that we need to pilot programs. So I believe that we have to just simply try things. Some, we have to be willing to fail at something. Now, I know that the, the public doesn't want to hear that. The public wants to hear that, um, you know, whatever we do has to work no matter what. Well, the hard facts are simply a lot of what we do doesn't always work. And the current systems, like the sidewalk systems that we're employing, they don't work everywhere. And they're failing us in, 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 uh, in areas like my district where the soils are very expansive. The answer is... Let's try some things. Let's let's see how they work for us. So this we're piloting this precast concrete sidewalks in two neighborhoods to see how they work out. Uh, as we test these systems, we're going to see how how much they cost, how difficult it was to install, are they performing the way they're supposed to perform, and as as we get more data, then I will work to uh, convince the rest of the council that this is a great approach. We need to communicate this to the to the city as a whole. I, I want this to be part of our bond issuance. Um, this is a big deal. But at the heart of all this is this is the one symptom that I think can, can influence everything else that we do, how we build everything, how we look at all our policies that, that make stuff in this city. Not necessarily sidewalks, but approaching problems in a different way using this as a model. Right? Yes, uh, I think that we, we need to... We need to push innovation. We can't wait for things to come to us. Mm -hmm. We need to be innovators, and, and that's the difference, right? So uh, nobody ever looks at a city for innovation. Uh, I want to change that. We have the resources. We have the capability in-house, and we have the testing grounds, which is this entire city. And so if you look at a, a, the $2 billion budget that we're always addressing annually, Two thirds of that uh, already goes. Two thirds of that goes to public safety, and then the rest, the the last third, is for just about everything else: parks, sidewalks, senior services, you name it. Well, out of that, uh, there's there's always a little bit of extra money here and there that that doesn't get accounted for, 
So we, we, we have a kind of a mid-year review and then somebody picks up a different project that they'd like to see done in, in, in their part of the, uh, of the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm suggesting is that we can take uh, that, that money and it's, and it's not, a, and it's not a, a big sum, but we take that and we invest it in trying new technologies. We have to try new things. My, my, my hope is that we can be seen as a, as a city that actually tries to innovate. In the end, we can actually uh, uh, gain or save more money and potentially even you know, uh, help to increase the, uh, the amount of work we're able to do because we innovated, because we were able to, to take something further. Here's a great example. You've heard of the public restroom that we're bringing to San Antonio. You know that the city of Portland commissioned that design. Right. So here's a great example where the city was willing to invest in innovation. They didn't know if it would work or not, but they tried. And because they, they were successful, and, and, and this restroom is very, very successful, they actually own the patent. The city does. So every time one of those restrooms is sold, the city gets a royalty. Well, this is the kind of innovation that we should be chasing here in San Antonio like chasing these precast concrete sidewalks. Maybe this is a, an innovation that, that could be done in, in, in many cities um, that could be shared, that could be uh, a way that the city kind of gains back a royalty of some kind. Um, you know, investments get us there. And so Portland, uh, the city of Portland, I should say, um, showed that, that they made a, a great investment in the Portland Loop that has, has now pretty much paid for their public restrooms just by... Uh, helping to sort of invest in innovation. But to play devil's advocate, the, the counter-argument to that is that's a great idea, but $100,000 is, uh, is a large price tag for a restroom. You know, there are places on the east side that just need any sidewalks, that need any drainage, that need, you know, anything that's going to help the kids walk to school. I guess what I'm asking is how do you get people to look more long term about some about investing in innovation when they have immediate infrastructure needs that aren't being met. Well, that investment is to address those concerns because right now, what I'm finding is that we're also not we're we're not efficient. You ask any private sector um, construction company about their prices for private sector work and their prices for the city, they're very different. Um, Oh really? Oh, quite. They're quite different. Uh, ask anybody, and uh, it, it is because we have layers of, of bureaucracy and red tape. What I'm simply saying is, innovation isn't just about the construction methodology. Innovation is also how we deploy the the work that needs to be done. Um, we were given an actual estimate about sidewalks in 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 San Antonio, uh, and it's it's thousands of miles of sidewalks. But I wanted a, an actual uh, cost. What's what does that mean in dollars? Well, it's almost a billion dollars to their estimates. Right. So of course, I broke that down a little bit, and uh, when I broke that down, um, their their explanation of cost per side of the sidewalk came out to about eighty five dollars a linear foot, which broke down to about twenty eight dollars a square foot. Um, now. I realize there, there, there may be some other things we're not seeing, and, and, and staff has already told me that they're going to uh, present to me exactly why those numbers are high. But uh, at that very moment, I got a, a current quote from a concrete contractor about a, a simple four-inch slab for a sidewalk and what it would cost per square foot, and it's $6.50. 
Now, somebody's got to explain to me how we go from $6.50 a square foot to $28 a square foot. So to answer your question about you know, the east side needing more, I'm simply saying, well, we could get more if we can uh, fine-tune our policies so that we're not overspending. Mm-hmm. Because if you take those two numbers, and let's say, I, by the way, I even increased it. Let's say I increased uh, private sector would pay $6.50 a square foot, but let's, let's go to $8 you know, for the city cost. And, and you, now you look at that $1 billion number, and that number goes down to $250 million. That's a big difference. Right. That's, that's achievable, right? But we can't, a billion dollar uh, uh, gap is, is it's, it's impossible. Right. Might because, as well be a trillion. Yes, yeah, exactly. Three trillion. Right. And, um, and so, so I'm asking why things are costing where they cost, what they cost. I want to innovate all, all, all portions of this so that we can, so that we can do more. We can, we can provide better access for everybody. Uh, but these are basic services, and I want to go back to the public restroom. And yes, it, it, it you know it it costs ninety thousand dollars plus hookups. But what people aren't asking is what does it cost to build one of these public restroom facilities? What, what have we paid in the past? We pay a lot more for facilities that we that we close up that that are not twenty four seven that are, are are have have become uh, places for criminal activity. And guess what? If we ever need to uh, redesign the area that those public restrooms are located, those restrooms get demolished. These public restrooms will last multiple lifetimes. They can be removed and relocated, so you don't lose the investment. Right. Ever. So. And we're getting more than one. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're we're, we're um, we we feel like this is going to be um, a very very positive impact, uh, not just to downtown, but the entire city. I see this uh, going up in our parks. I see this going up in our linear creekways, uh, in different areas. We need we need basic services. That's that's what what that's what we need to be doing here in the city. Uh, but to your point, they cost money, and we can quantify these things. But now we need to start asking why are they costing that? Innovation helps with these kind of things too. That's why you have to kind of invest a little bit of money to to find out. What what can we do to better improve the way we build our city? So let me let me ask a little bit of an open ended question. As you you know, as you make your way through District One, how does the way it looks, the way the infrastructure operates, how does that line up with your your vision of the future of what you would like to see? I see what I see is, uh, and I like to say, a city by design. That's that's my right. moniker. Um, Meaning that we need to be uh, very, very flexible. And so what I see is, is, is this infrastructure that's in place that plans for the future. An infrastructure that, that can be uh, repurposed, reutilized, not just uh, torn up and ruined or, or trashed. For example, we're talking about precast concrete sidewalks. Precast concrete sidewalks is just one small example of, of a technology that can be reused and repurposed. I talked about the public restroom. It can right. be reused and reutilized. You know, we're, we've become a throwaway society. If we, have, if we build infrastructure that, that is not going to last or that we have to tear up to get in, uh, to repair uh, things that are underground and cause uh, street closures uh, longer than necessary, it affects all of that. It affects all of that momentum. It affects all that growth. So I believe that 
as we build out our infrastructure, the infrastructure is, is thoughtful about being able to maintain these, these uh, utilities, maintain our infrastructure. Everything, in a sense, needs maintenance. Right. Uh, in fact, uh, this is my great plug on public art. Public art needs maintenance. And most people never even bother to think about that. So uh, we're actually going to be working on a, on a CCR to, to address the maintenance of public art. We've got to protect our art. We make the investment, and then we, we, we don't feel like we need to maintain it. Uh, investments need maintenance. Investments need care. And uh, it, our infrastructure uh, needs, needs to be designed in such a way that it allows for everything else to keep going. I know you're, uh, we're running short on time, but I do want to hit on uh, an idea you talked about earlier. Uh, the, the Alamo Area Council of Governments sent out sort of an alert uh, press release, whatever you want to call it, you know, saying that you know, the San Antonio area is out of EPA compliance in terms of ground level ozone. In English, that means our air quality is, is not great and it's, we're going to be penalized for it. That's going to happen. You have ideas that you think can help that, and they relate to the built environment of San Antonio. What are those? Well, once again, uh, we, have to, we have to better understand what, what is it that, that, that's really uh, causing some of these problems. Um, and we have, to, we have to make sure that we're addressing everything comprehensively. Uh, you, you mentioned the air quality issue. The air quality issue tackles one part of it, which is with the, with the emissions. What people aren't, aren't saying is that the other part, the other half of, of that problem is that you need heat. Heat actually creates the, the, or, or the, the chemical reaction that creates this ozone that, as you mentioned, it has this effect to our air quality. Well, if, if, and just to you know, bring it down to a very basic level, you simply can, can be out in the hill country, come to our downtown, and you'll know that there's about a 5 to 10 degree temperature shift. It doesn't take a genius. You just feel it. Not because there's a big magnifying lens up in the sky shining it on downtown. It's simply because we've built out a, a city that is much like a, like a hot plate or, or a pizza stone. Over the day, uh, the, the sun beats down on our streets, on our concrete, on our, on our uh, steel and concrete buildings, and, and we, get, we get this heat gain. That heat gain then starts to release throughout the day, and uh, the technical term is called the heat island effect. You sort of almost get a bubble over the entire city. Right. Or at least towards the center city, right? Where, where, city where, where, where it's microwaving itself almost. That's right. It, it, it's, really, it's really sort of adding to the already uh, uh, radiating sun. And so you, took, you take those factors in, in, into account with the emissions, and that's where you get air quality. So if we're really trying to ta tackle air quality, then we need to be thoughtful about how we build our city. Um, we have a program where we, we're going we're gonna to go uh, improve something that scientifically is already correct, but no one's ever actually done this. We know in, in District 1, again, some of the oldest neighborhoods, uh, we have some older homes, uh, and they need they need some help. They need some help uh, in, with repairing and maintenance of their of their homes. Uh, so we started a program to repair roofs. Right. It, it was a program that we took from paint, a paint program. We just said, you know what, let's repair roofs. And but if we're, we're going to repair the roof, then we're also going to change the color of the roof so that it's white, not not gray, white. Um, and whereas black is absorbing all the colors. And so the difference, temperature difference between a black roof and a white roof is 40 degrees. Same material. Wow. 
So we know that by doing that, we'll help cool people's homes. It'll lower the utility bills. It'll, it'll improve their quality of life. But here's what's really cool is that by doing it as a city program, we're going to do an entire neighborhood. And what we're going to do is we're going to measure, we're going to prove that we can actually lower the temperature of a neighborhood just because we created these, these, these uh, systems, these, right. these uh, passive uh, building systems that don't absorb as much heat. What does that mean? Well, that means that the more we build like this through our city, we can actually lower the temperature of our city. Well, you know, just think of what that means in general. I mean, obviously, uh, people just will feel more comfortable, but that is an economic impact. Think about some of the hottest months uh, in, in San Antonio and, and making them five degrees cooler downtown. People will want to visit more. Locals, uh, tourists, uh, you'll have more activities going on because sometimes it's just oppressively hot. Uh, but ultimately, that's to me is, is, is uh, adding to that, that other half of how we address the air quality issue. Right. We, we have to be mindful of, of what we're building. In fact, uh, our biggest emission uh, uh, culprit is our electric plant, not cars. So think about lowering utility bills in the hottest summer months, it means you, you, you use less of that utility plant that is, that, is, that is causing these issues. So you are tackling it from both ends now. You're tackling the heat and the emission as well. And you're hitting people in a positive way in their wallets uh, if they're using less electricity, if they have to heat their home or heat or cool their homes uh, at a lower rate. That's correct. Yeah. And, and by the way, this is not, this isn't new technology. Uh, this is this is a case where we just simply outwitted ourselves. Uh, air conditioning systems are a new thing, um, and we, we we have forgotten that buildings have worked and will continue to work if we design them right uh, to to help us address environmental issues like this one. And so we just need to bring it back, bring it back to the basics. Again, this is a pilot program that that I hope can can be utilized by the entire city. We call it San Antonio under one roof. San Antonio under, there you go. And that'll be in District 1. At the Piloted in District 1, but my, my hope is that um, this is the kind of thing that will impact the entire city. Sure, sure. Councilman Trevino, we really appreciate the time. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thanks. All right. Thanks again to Councilman Trevino. Look for CurrentCast every Wednesday on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or sacurrent.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk at you next week. Lost my direction ten times alone. Too far from San Antonio.